Hello world, welcome to the Court Marshal. My name is Raj. Today I have invited Puan Gautam, who is a frontline advocate for Bhutanese refugees. Today, as always, we will try to clear some of the clouds that are hovering over Bhutan and exiled Bhutanese. To set the background straight, more than 100,000 Bhutanese left Bhutan in the early 1990s. Government of Bhutan continues to disown these people. Instead, in many occasions, the former Prime Minister of Bhutan, Chiring Tobge, categorically refused to accept any of them as his fellow countrymen. Currently, thousands of Bhutanese are languishing in refugee camps in Nepal, counting their last day for their righteous repatriation to their homeland. Likewise, more than 97,000 of them are resettled in the United States and are living away from their loved ones since their eviction. So this is the background. And without any further ado, I would like to introduce Mr. Bhuvan Gautam. Bhuvan Gautam was born in Bhutan and raised in a refugee camp in Nepal. He lived in, a camp, in the camp for 15 years. In 2008, he grabbed a rare opportunity to resettle in the United States through the US Refugee Resettlement Program. Currently, he's a researcher with two NIH-funded projects to address the mental health and well-being of resettled Bhutanese in the US and Canada. He holds master's in public administration from Westfield State University. Currently, he lives in Springfield, Massachusetts. Mr. Gautam, welcome to the court marshal. Thank you, it's my honor. Um, well, I know you have involved in many ventures. Do you want to add something important that I missed in your introduction? No, that was good. Thank you so much. Great. So, you know, as I, you know, uh, stated in the background, we will be talking about your personal life, your story uh, that you faced uh, in Bhutan and the camp and here after resettlement. So could you trace uh, your, you know, family history back in Bhutan and well-being? So could you please include where your you know, parents and grandparents were born? My family history in Bhutan goes back to the history of Southern Bhutanese, also known as Lhotshampas, which roots back to the founding of the Bhutanese state under the leadership of Sabrung Nawang Namgel as its spiritual and temporal leader. And mm -hmm. my parents both were born in Bhutan. Not only my parents, my grandparents and great-great-grandparents were born there. Well, that's that's a long time ago. Long time ago. So, mm -hmm. um, did you or any of your uh, family members work in any um, government offices in Bhutan? If so, what kind of work did they do? Well, my family, my parents, um, they were the subsistence level farmers. They never went to school, uh, therefore, they never worked for the government. Mm -hmm. uh, I was too young to do that. I was just right. a first first grader when I fled the country along mm -hmm. with my parents. So, um, obviously, the question comes, um, why did you leave Bhutan? Were you forced or did you leave because your neighbor left? What was the story behind it? Well, though I was too young to understand the reasons behind it, later I understood that ethnic Nepali citizens were being imprisoned and tortured 
under mm-hmm. Bhutan's One Nation, One People policy enacted in 1989. This policy led to the ethnic cleansing and expulsion of approximately 100,000 Nepalese from Bhutan, including my family. And uh, at that time, there was a growing fear in the Nepali ethnic community. According to my father, he was intimidated, intimidated by the local police forces to leave the country or would be jailed. Later, he decided to flee the country at the middle of the night to escape such fear and persecution. So did you know where you were, you will be going after uh, eviction, after leaving Bhutan? Well, or how were, did you land up in refugee camp in Nepal? How did you land it up? Yeah, well, they were told uh, by the police forces to go back to your home, uh, meaning Nepal, because it was ethnic cleansing movement. Uh, this police forces wanted them forcibly evict to Nepal. And while we had some of our family relatives in Nepal, my father Mm -hmm. decided um, to go there. But again, it was not that easy. Yeah. Hello, world. Uh, You are listening to the Code Marshal with Shiraz, and I've invited uh, Buhan Gautam with me today in this episode. So you obviously went to school while you were in refugee camp. How was the education system and life like there? I went up to 10th grade, which was the maximum level of education one achieved in refugee camps. The system of education was way below the US standard. Okay. We were taught by teachers who were not adequately trained in teaching and they were mostly volunteer teachers from within the camps. And the classroom environment was so improvised Life in the camp was really devastating. I want uh, you to imagine a situation where you were confined to a bamboo and plastic makeshift hut without running water supply, electricity, and appliances. Uh, Not for a week, but for more than a decade and a half. Yeah, 15 15 years, you said. So I experienced many forms of hardships and childhood adversity. It was difficult to live in hunger, poverty, and deprivation. So my life, my family, uh, like thousands of others, depended primarily on the UN's limited food rations to survive. That's what my life looked like in the refugee camp I lived. Okay. So, you know, obviously uh, you have been out of Bhutan for at least 30 years now. Do you still remember your childhood life in Bhutan? Yes, the most memorable moment that I have in my mind in Bhutan is walking miles to to the school, my um, elementary school, uh, sometimes barefoot. Mm -hmm. Uh, My childhood friends, school playground, morning and afternoon prayers at school, on the orchard, the the, orange and cardamom uh, at our house and um, uh, the the neighbors and animals. Yeah, obviously, obviously you have, you know, fond, you know, enjoyable memory of Bhutan. So you do also have probably have, you know, fun moment in refugee camp. What was that like? Do you have any such uh, fun, memorable moments in refugee camp? 
while there are so many, uh, even the life was uh, horrible there. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, swimming in the river, um, uh, walking around without worrying too much uh, because I had no any hopes and life was so uh, without any aim. I mean, I didn't even have right. to worry about the future <laughs> like in the Western world. Um, that was, uh, and, and, and also, um, not even only in the childhood, but also in, uh, in my teenagers, um, teenage and uh, adolescents, um, we never had to worry about anything because we, we didn't have any luxury or any, we didn't feel granted of anything to explain it. Not right. Right. So, um, you know, now you are in the U.S. and probably you are a U.S. citizen by now. Do you still uh, want to go back to Bhutan if allowed? Yes, I would love to visit Bhutan. Currently, the Bhutanese government does not allow any resettled Bhutanese even to visit their relatives and loved ones uh -huh. out there, sadly. So uh, here's my question. Let's say, uh, just imagine uh, you're allowed to go to Bhutan. Mm -hmm. Can you share your feelings and... And what is the first thing that you would do when you land when you land at Paro International Airport? What was the feeling like? What, how do you uh, express that? Well, I or what what would you do first? Well, I can't wait to see that happen. But yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, how yeah. I may feel is uh, just like how you may feel to be back home after thirty years. The first thing mm -hmm. I would do is to go straight to the place I, where I was born. And then mm -hmm. I would circumnavigate Bhutan to gain the spirit of true happiness. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, as you as you brought out the happiness, uh, Bhutan has gross national happiness uh, and do not have uh, gross domestic product. Can you, uh, you know, cite you know light on those uh, two things, or basically about happiness uh, paradigm that Bhutan has? Well, uh, Bhutan claims that Bhutan continuously claims that it's the happiest nations in the world, and uh, mm -hmm. it's their propaganda. That, but there is also um, the other side of this story. Uh, how could Bhutan truly uh, achieve happiness when there are so many troubles and problems uh, Bhutan had? For example, um, doing uh, forcibly evicting, evicting 100,000, more than 100,000 um, ethnic Nepali-speaking population, and I am one of the examples. I think mm -hmm. uh, uh, in order to achieve both the gross domestic um, product and gross national happiness, Bhutan has to accept the mistakes that it made by, um, mm -hmm. by uh, giving justice. And when I uh, said justice, um, um, I mean, um, to uh, take the responsibility of what they did in the past. Yeah, you know, well, Bhutan always thinks, uh, you know, that the expelled, uh, you know, Bhutanese, uh, they are always the enemy of Bhutan, not the friend. What do you, what's your response uh, on this statement? So who, Bhutan said enemy to us? Yeah, we are, Bhutan, you know, often claim that the people in the camp, they are not Bhutanese, they are not friends of Bhutan. Mm. So, yeah, what would be your response to the, those statements? Well, if Bhutan claims uh, that, that means that uh, the government is um, not trusting their citizens. Um, mm -hmm. 
it applies to their current Bhutanese citizens inside Bhutan as well. So who is the government for? If the government is for the people, by the people, to the people, and then Bhutan has to change that stance because whoever the people residing are residing in the refugee camp in Nepal, they all were the citizens of Bhutan. And it made the mistake. And to cover up the mistakes, they are telling that. But the international community knows and we know we are still alive. We are the victims. We will continuously raise our voice um, and uh, try to speak the truth. Right. So what do you want your government, I mean, obviously, I mean, the U.S. government or even Bhutanese government could do for you so that you will think it is fair for you? Let me start with what I um, think uh, my government has to do because I live in the U.S. And I um, and even even though I say Bhutan government has to do this and that it's a sovereign country and I'm no longer the citizen there, I think uh, this uh, question has to be applied to the Bhutanese citizens inside Bhutan, but as an American citizen and a former Bhutanese refugee. And uh, I would like to start off by um, telling what my government should do. So if you may uh, allow me to um, tell or speak. Yeah, yeah, go okay. absolutely, go ahead. So I want the US State Department officials to play a vital role by exerting adequate um, adequate uh, diplomatic pressure on Bhutan so as to ensure no injustice and human suffering continues in the land of gross national happiness. And I would put uh, four points on that. Number one, put the international pressure on Bhutanese government to protect the linguistic, cultural, and religious and civil rights of all the ethnic and religious minorities in Bhutan. Number two, Democratis, uh, so there has to be a democratic process and allow open and participation of all the political parties, including in the parties in the exile. And number three, designate uh, Bhutanese refugees as non-resident Bhutanese so that they would be able to travel freely to Bhutan without any restrictions. Now we are not allowed even as U.S. citizens. And number four, establish U.S. direct diplomatic relationship with Bhutan because now mm -hmm. currently we have to go through Indian um, uh, embassy and Indian uh, counselors and now there is nothing even uh, for me to advocate and lobby uh, in, at the Capitol Hill there is no diplomatic relationship with Bhutan so our agenda might be lost somewhere so there is no right, right. representation and if I may want to um, Talk about Bhutan, I want the Bhutan government to uh, do two things um, immediately. As in your background, you were talking about uh, there are lots of people languishing in refugee camp, those who are really wanting to go back to Bhutan. And I think uh, Bhutan has to take the responsibility um, that uh, they are their citizen, bona fide citizens, and repatriate them as soon as possible in honor and dignity and release the political prisoners. Bhutan has uh, incarcerated so many of our fellow Bhutanese and uh, they have been there in the prison and uh, justice has not been served. They have to do that. And number two is um, Bhutan, just like I said um, in the beginning, uh, Bhutan has to grant uh, non-resident Bhutanese status to the Bhutanese 
diaspora so that um, we can travel freely to our birthplace. It is an issue of injustice, uh, Suraj. It is mm -hmm. our inherent rights and our link with Bhutan. Mm -hmm. So we should keep our differences aside, organize ourselves as a vibrant Bhutanese diaspora, a common platform and begin communication with inside the country with commitment and sincerity. So non-resident Bhutanese status would be mutually beneficial arrangement in the long run to all the stakeholders. I wish and hope that one day I will be able to travel to my birthplace known as Sangri-La without any restrictions, just like any other American right, right. tourist. Well, that's 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 been impressive, and that's such a powerful story you have. Um, the world needs to hear a story like this: a child born in the land of happiness, Bhutan, becomes refugee at its early age, spent 15 years in refugee camps, fought every day for his survival, and now involved in national and international research projects. He only asks government of Bhutan and to the U.S. government to find a solution whereby him and many other original Bhutanese can visit uh, you know, their homeland and loved ones. So I hope you like this episode. I will come back with you next with the next episode next week. Thank you and you have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you.